Hey, God bless all you guys. Uh, I'm excited to continue this series on the anointing, and I wanted to talk to you real quick just about who anoints you, because in my last episode, we talked about what is the anointing, what is the purpose of it, and why we need it, especially in this time. So I want to talk to you guys about who anoints you, and you have to understand that God is the one that anoints you and causes you to have what's called overflow. The Bible says from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. That's why the psalmist, David, he says in Psalms chapter 23, verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So you have to understand it's God who is the one that anoints you. And then we also recognize, I want you to understand that the anointing bottle is not the source of the anointing. So when you receive oil from someone, that's not the anointing from the bottle or the oil itself. God is the source of the anointing. See, we have to understand that it wasn't because of the bottle or the oil that was poured out upon you that you're considered to be anointed. It was because God is the source of the anointing. And we can look at this very simply in the life of David because we understand that God was using the prophet Samuel, but he used the horn which had the oil in it which represented the anointing. However, that was just so you could physically see what was taking place because God is not visible. So you were able to see what was invisible by seeing the oil. And the oil was representation of who God is being poured out upon David. Because before God told Samuel to go get David and anoint him, God already chose him. So that was the choosing, and that was when he was already proven that he was going to be anointed. Now, the proof that David was chosen by God, because once again, God is not visible. So we could not see that God chose David unless there was what we see, the outpouring of the anointing from the oil, from the horn that Samuel was carrying. But we have to understand that that was not the source. The source was when God said, I have another who is after my own heart. That was when the anointing was already going to be poured out upon David. And then you actually see it, uh, you know, a few verses later that Samuel is looking for the one that God wants to anoint, but he's already anointed, but now he just has to be anointed in the earth so the earth can know that God has chosen him. God already chose him before the earth found him. Does that make sense? So we see that who anoints you is God himself, and God is the source of the anointing. So I want you guys to see this in Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 38. The Bible says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, the key thing to see here is in the scriptures in the beginning. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So we see that Jesus didn't anoint himself. It wasn't that he poured a bottle of oil over himself. It wasn't that he chose himself. God chose his son just like God chose David. Now, we know that God already chose his son Jesus, and I love this about God, because Jesus, when he was born, was already chosen, but to the earth he was not known yet. 
but he was already chosen, just like David. God already chose David, but to the earth he wasn't known yet because the oil had not yet been visibly poured out upon David in front of the people. And in the same way, the oil, the Holy Spirit had not yet come and landed upon Jesus in front of the people. But we see that God was already cho choosing his son Jesus even before he was born. So as soon as Jesus gets in the earth, the earth doesn't understand yet that this is an anointed person. So when does the anointing come? Well, it doesn't come through when he gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. God is the one that anointed Jesus. So we see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the anointing. Jesus is the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire, but God is the one that anoints you. Amen? So we see this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we see that Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit after he was baptized in water. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. That's what the Bible says. So this was Jesus' baptism in the Holy Spirit. But where did Jesus go to get the anointing? Jesus had to go out into the wilderness to receive the anointing. So notice it costs you something to receive the anointing. So Jesus wasn't anointed when the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was baptized. No, that was just the beginning for him to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says, and uh, when we read it in Matthew chapter 4, um, well, yeah, Matthew chapter 4, we can see that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why was he led by the Spirit into the wilderness? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness so that he could go receive the anointing to go do the work of the Father. Amen? So we see that after Jesus is praying and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he's tempted by the enemy. But after he overcomes all the temptation, we see Jesus returns from the wilderness from praying and fasting, and he returns, this is the very key word, in the power of the Spirit. Now, the power of the Spirit is the, the administration of the anointing. When you see the power of God being manifested, that's evidence that the anointing is present. Amen? So that's what the anointing does. The anointing is what gives you power. And we read that in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where the scripture says that God anointed Jesus, meaning with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he needed power through the anointing to be able to do, to do the work of God and to destroy every yoke of the enemy, which was the oppression of the devil on the people. Amen. So that's why the anointing is so important. The anointing is what gives you power and you need power especially in this day and age to be able to overcome the oppression of the devil amen so we see that in luke chapter 4 verse 14 this is what the bible says then jesus returned in the power of the spirit to galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region so i want you guys to think about this because in the days of Jesus, all through his life, nobody knew really who he was. 
The only person who knew, obviously, was probably Mary and maybe some of his immediate family, uh, Joseph, definitely, because the angel of the Lord came to him and told him who this child was going to be. Obviously, the angel of the Lord came to Mary and told her the prophecy of who the child was that she was carrying, and only they really knew, honestly, that the Holy Spirit was the one that conceived this baby named Jesus in her womb. So they were the ones that really only knew. And that's why the Bible says that Mary saw her son and pondered in her heart what was to become of Jesus. And we found we know that that's in the scriptures when, uh, you know, Jesus is 12 years old and he stays back in the temple and he's wanting to learn. And he's also teaching uh, the teachers of the law. And uh, Mary and Joseph, they end up going about two days journey, the Bible says, back to their home where they are and they go where's jesus he's not with us and then they come to find him and then he goes why were you worried about me about my father's business and then that's when mary just took that and pondered it in her heart to be like who at 12 years old what kind of son is this and what is he destined to do so anyways i just want to give that little backdrop but so we understand that before jesus returned in the power of the spirit right we see that news of him went out through all the surrounding region, but no news was really spread about Jesus until he was anointed and received power. Amen. So Jesus didn't have any news spread about him until he had an encounter with the anointing, which is called the unction of the Holy Spirit. So this was 30 years he was on the earth and no one knew who he truly was until the anointing was on him. But remember how I told you, God already chose him. God already said, I'm going to anoint this one. And we never saw it until we could actually visibly see that there was power that was manifesting through Jesus. And the reason why they saw power is because after Jesus came out from the wilderness and he received the anointing, the unction called the power of the Holy Spirit, he went to go into the synagogue, which represents the churches today, and he began to teach the body of Christ. He began to teach the believers. As he was teaching, the anointing was so strong and so powerful that it was making a man who was demon-possessed, who has probably been demon-possessed a long time in that particular synagogue, in that region, in that church, and he began to manifest. As he began to manifest, the demons in him said, hey, we know who you are. You're the Holy One, the Son of God. And the reason why the demon had to manifest because the demon in the spirit realm recognized the authority in the power of the anointing that was in the spirit realm that Jesus was carrying had more authority than what that demon was carrying inside of that particular man. So all of a sudden, the Bible says Jesus rebukes the man, uh, re not the man, but rebukes the unclean spirit out of the man, commands it to leave him. And then all the people are beginning to wonder and marvel and say, what kind of new doctrine is this that this man carries such authority and power? This man named Jesus, who was teaching in the synagogue, and he just told the demon to leave, and the demon left without a fight. So news began to spread about him because it wasn't really about Jesus himself, but it was about the anointing and the anointing that was on him by God because God was with him. Amen. So this is very, very important for us to understand. Uh, like I said, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not you receiving the anointing. Doing the discipline of what Jesus had to do, going into the wilderness, being led by the Spirit to pray and fast for those 40 days to receive unction is what the Bible says power is the anointing and once he came out 
from the prayer and fasting, that's when you saw the anointing activated and manifest in the earth realm for where the demon had to say, I know who you are. And then Jesus, um, you know, used his authority and the anointing that he received in the wilderness and told that demon to leave without a fight. So that's the authority that came through his discipline of prayer and fasting. That's the power and the purpose of the anointing. So I'm teaching you on the importance of the anointing, who anoints you, and, you know, why you need the anointing. I want you to also, we're going to transition here. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The anointing causes you to never stop progressing. I want to talk about the importance of the anointing, why you need the anointing, so you continue, continue to progress in the call of God for your life. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit pushes progress and removes all stagnation. What do I mean by stagnation? Stagnation is actually a yoke that needs to be destroyed by the anointing and guarantee progress. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he causes there to be a stop in the progress of the will of God for your life. So you have to understand that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but principalities and rulers in the heavenly places. What that's basically saying in the scriptures is saying that the spirit realm also has where the kingdom of darkness is set up and there's also a kingdom of light which is the kingdom of god and the kingdom of darkness represents obviously the kingdom of satan so the kingdom of god has workers amen and then the kingdom of darkness also has workers we just know that the king kingdom of darkness is king is satan and the kingdom of light which is the kingdom of god who is the king amen so we know that God has a plan, but the enemy also has a plan to try to reverse the plan of God and to go against everything that God is doing. That's why, obviously, in the beginning, in the garden, we see Adam and Eve. They fall into the temptation and the trap, and then that's the purpose of the plan of the devil is to get the plan of God to not be fulfilled in mankind. The whole purpose of God and mankind was that mankind would be just like God. Amen. But the devil was like, no, I don't like that plan. Everything God wants to do, I want to try to reverse and come against because I don't like him. He kicked me out of heaven, and we don't have time to go into that. But I just want to just encourage you guys in that to let you know that there's something in the spirit that tries to keep you from progressing. And what tries to keep you from progressing is those principalities in the heavenly places in the spirit realm. So there are spirits, unclean spirits, assigned to your life specifically by the devil to keep you from progressing forward. This is why I'm going to go into, um, you know, just a quick example because I'm going to talk about uh, Paul. Paul was, uh, you know, a great man of God. He understood the revelation of the Spirit. He was anointed. He wrote probably 75% of the New Testament. But we see that even he had things that were trying to push against him. The Bible says that he had a door that was open, but there were many adversaries in the way. He wasn't talking about people. He was talking about in the spirit realm, there are many unclean spirits trying to get in the way of the door that God had opened for him. So we see that God opened the door, yes, but we also see that there's also an adversary called the devil, and he sends his 
unclean spirits for their assignment to keep you from being able to get through that door. That's called being sta- being stagnant and not being able to progress forward. So the anointing is what guarantees your progressing progression to move forward and get to the will of God and the assignment for your life. Amen. So this is very important for us to understand because that's called a yoke and the yoke has to be destroyed. And the only way the yoke is destroyed which keeps you, the yoke that's trying to keep you from progressing is only destroyed by the anointing. And this is found in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. The Bible says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, this is obviously talking about the anointing of the unction of the power that you need to be able to break the yoke, meaning the the barrier or whatever adversaries in your way can only be removed by the power of the unction of the anointing. And that's what was going on in this man's life that was in the synagogue when Jesus saw him. There was a barrier. And what was the barrier? The unclean spirit that was in him was preventing this man probably if I'm thinking correctly, to be able to serve Jesus properly, to be able to serve God properly and to live the right way, to live holy. So there's a there's a um, yoke, it's even called the yoke of slavery, which causes mankind to even sin against God, which actually keeps you stagnant and not being able to move forward. That's called a yoke of bondage, and that's also an assignment of the devil that he puts upon you by an unclean spirit, And that's to keep you from being able to move forward in your assignment, in your walk, in the will of God for your life. But the anointing is what breaks that yoke and destroys it, just like we read in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Amen. The next thing I want to talk about is the anointing. It will give you favor. This is very important. Anytime that you are going to do something in the earth, it's very important that you have first favor with God and then favor with mankind because it takes men around you in the earth to be able to make things happen. Amen. And this is all of a sudden you'll begin to notice that you have this anointing of favor because God will cause men to come around you and help lift up the vision that God has given to you. It will literally be like God put it in their heart as an assignment from heaven that they desire to help you, not, not worship you, not, you know, uh, how do I describe it? Not put you as like a king in their eyes, but that they would do what it takes to help you and the kingdom assignment get fulfilled. Not so that you can take advantage of them, not so that you can manipulate them, not that you can have control or power over them, but because of the grace that God gave to them and because of the anointing that's on you, you receive favor from mankind. Amen. Um, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So this is very important because it will give you favor. And the favor that you need to get things done on the earth, it takes an army to get the assignment of heaven done. Amen. I love what Jesus did. He had favor with the men. He had favor with, you know, everywhere he went, he had favor. You know, the Bible teaches us many different examples of Jesus. I mean, he says to his disciples, hey, there's actually a donkey. It's never been used. It's never been ridden. It's actually for me. And then go loosen it 
from its place where it's tied up. So you can imagine the disciples are like breaking into someone's house, literally, going into their barn, and they're literally untying this donkey. And he says, if anybody asks you what you're doing, this is how much favor I have. Tell him your master has need of it. I don't know about you guys, but I've never gone to someone's house and, uh, you know, went to go steal their car. And then the person says, hey, what are you doing? And I say, oh, my master has need of the car. I've never done that. Nor have I ever felt by the Spirit to do that, but I'm not, I'm, saying don't, I'm not saying do that. But I'm saying basically that's what that was saying in their days, you know, a horse, a donkey, whatever it is, in that time. So the disciples, they're literally going by Jesus' instruction, going to get this animal that has never been ridden, never been used before. And when the people see you untying it, like it looks like you're stealing it, tell them your master has need of it. And they'll go, oh, okay, that's cool. He can use it. That's called favor. You understand this? Because that means that God has already prepared that person's heart who owns the donkey or whoever was supposed to be watching over the donkey to be able to say, hey, yo, this is actually for Jesus. This is for the kingdom assignment. And this is the favor of God. Amen. So I just wanted to quickly give you guys those examples, those uh, you know important things of what the anointing is, who anoints you and what the purpose of the anointing is. I'm doing these short episodes. This has been about, you know, 21 minutes long. I, you know, I really pray that these encourage you, but I want to really focus on this last thing uh, in the beginning of what I talked about, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the anointing. And I know a lot of you probably heard that and were thinking to yourselves, wait, then what is the anointing? And I told you the anointing is where you go out and you go into the wilderness and that's where Jesus went to get the unction. That's where Jesus went to get the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. It came through the discipline, saints, of prayer and fasting. And that's where you see the power of God manifest in the areas of where true men and women of God that are praying and fasting and actually seeking the presence and the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I pray that you guys have been blessed by this message. I will be giving the next message um, next week in Jesus' name on the importance of what also the anointing continues to give you and why it's so important. And also we learned who anoints you and that it's God himself that chooses you. Amen. I love all you guys. God bless you. Have a blessed day or night, whatever time it is that you're listening to this message in Jesus' name. And keep moving forward by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's the anointing in Jesus' name. Love you guys. God bless you.